Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, it's a special treat this week, Ruth. Uh, I'm not going to say this is where we test the levels, but I am secretly testing the levels. A um, couple of more one-line jokes. Do you want a couple of one-line jokes? Yeah, you know... Jamie Lang from Made in Jamie Chelsea. Jamie Lang from in Chelsea, yeah. He does his private parts podcast. Does he? Well, yeah, with Francis Bull, Boulay. Yeah, yeah. And they do a bit at the beginning that isn't, like, part of the podcast. So they'll just be chatting away, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then the, they'll, they play, like, a little tune thingy. Mm. And then he'll say, hello, welcome to... The podcast. Yeah, the podcast. I'm Jamie Lang and this is mm. blah, blah, That's what, how we need to be. Oh, do you want to do it like that? Yeah. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm no, Jamie no, no, no. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you, well, we got uh, an email. Let me let me uh, tell you about Emails this. Emails at the beginning? Well, I'll tell you why it is. Dad, I can't cook. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about crisps uh, at the start, and uh, Barney Edis has um, written, because so, it relates to what we did at the start a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Barney Edis says, Dear Ruth and Martin, love listening to your podcast. Just Thank wanted you, to comment Barney. on the crisp situation. Best flavour, salt and vinegar crisps, mm. which is what you said, but he said the best flavour salt and vinegar are the co-op own brand. Never tried them? No, it's got to be the big bag. Please see link below. And exactly sent, you he sent me a link to <laughs> co-op irresistible hand-cooked sea salt and Chardonnay wine vinegar that, that crisps. That sounds like the like Tesco finest. Or yeah, it is one of those things. Sainsbury's taste the difference. But he says, now this is the bit where I have to uh, take issue with him, because he says they're so salty and vinegary they make your mouth tingle. Try them if you dare. Now, That's perfect. I, no, it's not, you see. I don't it's exactly like, what you like. I don't like my mouth to tingle. I, I like, like the a, vinegar to be so strong it feels like it's burning. Oh, uh, right. Well, you, you're obviously... We'll try a packet of these next time mm. we're in the co-op, which I don't we know. Don't, we don't go to the co-op very often at all. No, we don't. The co-op is a better shop than it used to be, but it's still not... It's expensive, though, the co-op. Yeah, it's still... Like, it's like almost waitress prices, I think. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, think I don't base no, that on any actual knowledge. No, I think I it assume. is about right, yeah. We never go there, I don't think. No, there's no it's reason neither we would here go nor there. there. It's Either, neither like, here nor there. Like, it's not... It's not It's Tesco. not like, Mar- like Marks and Spencer's, if you were really being like, right, we're going all out, we're getting Marks and Spencer's crisps or whatever. You know, well, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that your, your definition of luxury we're getting Yeah, well, Marks and Spencer's, Spencer's that's what Marks, Marks and Spencer's is like proper luxury. You know, if you want, you're having a party or something, maybe mm. get Marks and Spencer's. And if you're having your normal shop, Sainsbury's. Asda, Sainsbury's, Lidl and Aldi, those places, co-ops... You wouldn't do your shop there, but no. I wouldn't be like, oh, we'll go all out, we'll go yeah. to co-op. 
That's not. You wouldn't. You see, Carol. That's not what you used do. Used to is have. It? I mean, still has a purpose. They, when you look at the adverts uh, at the cinema for the co-op, they plug all the good works that they do. That's the big thing. Yeah. At, the, at the co-op, uh, it's what we do. They say. And I hate ads that end. It's what. No, they're they but their slogan is good. With food, oh, that's gone trying now. to make no, trying to make good rhyme with food. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not good doing that one anymore. Fit. But at the moment, what the co-op are doing is they're saying, "Oh, you know, we run these youth centres and all yeah, we, yeah. We, we contribute money to these youth centres and all that." Um, but it's it's not. And in the in the past, it was supposed. That's to... Well, that was what they set up for, wasn't it? It was a they? cooperative. Because I remember in um, year nine or something when we had chemistry lessons, they used to teach us something about neutrons and protons and electrons that cut covalent bonding which is where cell no where atoms share electrons Mm. oh my gosh i can actually remember it and so it was called covalent bonding and so first he would be like so the co-op and then he would talk about how the co-op would share things and then be like this is what covalent bonding is to make you remember it well, when the, co-op- is, yeah. when the cooperative society first started, it was a sort of socialist organisation mm. and you were a customer and you shared in it and everything and you had a, a, a dividend number. Yeah. I, I can still remember the number because w- w- as a kid we shot... Oh, did you have one? 17684 was our number. And that's uh, also his um, banking details, <laughs> so... <laughs> so w- the co-op shared by giving a dividend to customers every time you shopped there. They shared with you, but it just became a pretty rubbish shop. Yeah. And I know whenever... There was an argument between, and I'm think, thinking back to the 70s now, but there's an argument between the socialists and the capitalists. People used to say, ah, yes, the thing about the uh, socialists is they want to bring Marks and Spencers up to the standard of the co-op. Um, vinegary, I don't like the, uh, I don't like the intense taste of vinegar and crisps. So not for me, I say. But there thank you. Go. you th- that's the scoop. That's the scoop. Thank you very much indeed, Barney Edis, for your uh, crisp feedback. If you do want to feedback with us or anything, we'll give you the email address address a little bit later on. Uh, Love Island is apparently hotting up. Couples are coupling. And it's hotting up? It's hotting. Well, tell, yeah. me, well, you tell me what's going on. So Because there were people, people on the bus talking about Love Island. There were people in the... Yeah, there were... Um, people are coupled up. It's all good, well and good. Um, the night before last, you and Dale left. I'm sorry for keeping you up. <laughs> The night before left, Yuanda. Ah, yes, she's the dark-skinned black woman uh, who's not got. <laughs> Did you say black? No, yeah, dark-skinned you... black, as opposed to uh, mixed race yeah. or light-skinned. And I'm only saying that because all the all the pieces you read yeah, in well, the Guardian yeah. says no, dark-skinned black woman. Yeah, it is important yeah, that she's so dark. So don't have yeah. a go at me. Well, it's just funny because like you wouldn't normally say that. That's all. I mean, apparently that is politically what you're supposed to say. Well, no, I think it's just politically what you're supposed to say because it's important that she's dark-skinned, not light-skinned. Why has she gone, anyway? Hey, she's gone because this girl called Arabella came in. Very funny on Twitter. People have taken to calling because people don't like her because she's stolen Danny from Yuande and now Yuande's had to go home because Danny mm. chose Arabella. But people have taken to calling her whatever name on Twitter. So, like, Avocado, Arancini, Arabella, just, like, two separate words. What else? Ariel. Um, Wasn't that a bit rude? Anteater, anagnorisis, like just all sorts of stuff. Isn't that a bit rude? Um, No, I don't think so. I think it's funny. Why is it not funny? 
Well, just saying someone's name and calling them rude stuff. Well, no, because her name is Arabella. Don't call your kid Arabella, then. Why? What's wrong with Arabella? Oh, it's just a bit froofy, isn't it? Froofy? Yeah. Froofy. Uh, So, anyway... Also, she's a supermodel, Dad. Like, I think she can be taking the piss out of a little bit. So, let me just quote you some of this, Guardian. Curtis and Amy, they say they're they're going to triumph. They're going to be the winners. No, no, disagree, disagree. They're wrong there, because... People really don't like Amy, and people find Curtis a bit boring. Mm. Michael and Amber are going to win. Yeah. Mark my words. Michael and Amber. Can you put money on this? I, I mean, I assume so. I think I backed something that you suggested last year, and it didn't do any good. Maura, tell me about Maura. I did, this is just the one bit of Love Island that I've seen, and she struck me as extremely unpleasant. No, she's great, is Maura. Is she, she, she I was think swearing so, yeah. And, yeah, know. because someone was really rude to her. Yeah, but, I mean, she went well over the top, the bit that I saw. This is the Irish one, isn't it? Yeah, but she is just, she is quite loud and brash and stuff, but I quite like Ina. What, what makes you like her? I don't, I don't because like, maybe, yeah, she she's good, te- she's, first good of all, she's TV. good TV. Yeah, right. And also, something really, this boy did say something really rude and disrespectful to her, and sometimes the girls will just kind of take it, whereas she was very much like, no, I'm standing up for myself, this is not right and stuff, which I enjoy. Mm, but she she did go over the top. I won't be she's good friends with her. No, you wouldn't want to in a million years. And it's continuing to maintain its entertainment uh, factor? Yeah, I think so. Now, uh, I was asking you earlier on, uh, and you're familiar with the case, of, about Jihadi Jack. Yeah. And what interests me about this is the parenting. This is not the fact... that The court case itself is all about them sending money to Jihadi Jack, ostensibly so he could get back home. Mm. But it, as far as the court case goes... It's also to help... They, he said that it was to help his friend who'd had a kid or something for that mm. as well. Right. So, but quite apart from the fact that the court case is about, uh, is accusing them of sending the money aiding terrorism because they're mm. sending the money to a member of uh, ISIS, which obviously their son is now, as he's, uh, Jack Letts is his name, but he is now uh, thought Jihadi. I don't, I don't like calling him Jihadi Jack. Right, I think Jack it's, Letts, all right. I don't think it's right to the parents, though, like, you well, wouldn't want it if someone started calling your j- kid Jihadi Jack. Well, I wouldn't like my kid to, uh, for a start, his name's not Jack, but I wouldn't like him no, obviously to, not. Uh, to join the G. No, of course you wouldn't, but, like, you know, you can be radicalised, and I think it's a real like it's a real thing. It's not the... Pa- I think everyone's been like, oh, God, you know, the parents must be awful and stuff, and I don't. they don't seem it. Like, it's just, it's a really, really sad thing, and I don't think people are being very sympathetic to the parents by calling it, nicknaming him Jihadi Jack. I just think it's cruel. Well, let me give you my take on this, and that is that I feel very sorry for the parents, and you yeah. read uh, everything you read in the papers. You've got to have sympathy with the parents on some level, I would yeah. have said. But I think, in a way, they brought it on themselves by very indulgent parenting. For instance, you know, when he decided he was going to become uh, a Muslim, and when yeah. he decided he was going to become a very strict Muslim and a radical Muslim, you know, they would drive him to the uh, to the yeah, mosque. Yeah, but like, what are you meant would, to do? I think it comes fear. a point as a parent where you have to actually say, no, this is this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. But if you fear that you're going to lose your kid, like also you, I feel like if I was to join ISIS or something, you would send money to me. I'm pretty sure you would. 
if I said if you thought your kid was really truly in need and I and also he was saying oh my gosh I, I, he was saying I regret joining what have I mm. done and stuff if you felt that I without I don't have a doubt in my mind that you wouldn't send me money well, it's touching. <laughs> no, but uh, well, I think you would though, because you—it's that—it's un- that kind of unconditional love that makes you do yes, silly, you, silly you, things. Well, you're absolutely right. You probably we, we, we probably would. Which ha- is, I'm not saying it's however, right. Either, but what, but I, what I'm saying is, it's a I think it's the parenting. You know, they're very but they're like, very right on these parents. Yeah, but I again, think what again, the, wouldn't you support? You know, if you thought if your kid really wanted to do this, it's either help them to do it or risk them moving out and then you don't have an eye on them either you know if you if you're not going to support it what where are they going to go I think it's just I think it's a very difficult situation and I can see why they did what they did and I wouldn't call it even particularly indulgent well I think that well I think it's indulgent because I think if you were any and I'm not just talking about uh, Islam I'm talking about any religion I think if you became um, what I like to call a religious nut um, you know an evangelist or you know if you started I would at least try to argue against it rather than yeah, encourage you don't know whether they've done that you don't well, know whether they've said from what no but re- the parents might have said oh I really don't think you should be doing this blah 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 and he said well I'm doing it whether you help me or not so it's either help me or don't do you know that's I think how how do we know that he's not that, that think, he's not said that to them no we don't yes that's fair enough but I think one of the problems is that parents want to be chums with their kids right. you know and you see these things on Facebook like they've gone out somewhere say a mother and a teenage daughter have gone out clubbing if yeah you like, and they always put it on Facebook as if it was a good thing that you know I think you need to have that yeah I parental agree. like authority I th- can't get- remember who it was who was describing it as like something about relationships that was like horizontal versus like vertical relationships or whatever that was like your friends serve one purpose and that's like a vertical friendship or something then your parents are the other which is like a horizontal one and the two shouldn't ever they should never meet and stuff and they should never intermingle apart from siblings that's the only time when the two well, are yes, sort of really siblings, blurred but you, you, all these you know you should yeah you should try, no you shouldn't try to be friends be with your point, children yeah there's got to be a point well that's why we're working we're working out very well not being friends but there's got to be a point where you're an authority figure rather yeah, than uh, a friend figure and i think that's where they but, but again though you just don't know how they were speaking to him behind closed doors and you'll never like no, no, you never know. No, of course you. But don't I'm just know. saying that, like, it's it's extremely possible that they've attempted to say, you know, if you've. The problem is, I don't think I don't understand it either. But I don't think people truly understand radicalization. I think that's the major thing. And you saw it with the um, Shamima Begum. Begum. I didn't know how to say it. Shamima Begum case where people were like, she came. She, you could see this video, and she came back to the UK, and everyone was like, "God, she's not even repentant." And it's like, no, she's been radicalized. Like that's what it is. You, it's you're not. Isn't yeah, it? it's brainwashing. You're not the same person as you, you once were. You know, he's not. When he's been radicalized, he's not Jack Letts anymore. He's jihadi Jack. Well, yeah, that, true. That but like, he is this this version of himself that's not not the person that they've raised. And I just don't think people truly understand that if. If someone's been radicalised and brainwashed the way that he will have been, saying to him, no, you're not allowed to, it's not really going to do anything. No. And Islam, we have to say, is 
a very authoritarian religion. Well, yeah, you said um, it. But, I mean, so is... But that's just what pe- how people are with Islam. So is Christianity, if you look... I mean, they've got the same roots, really. They've got the same roots, but I think if you they've got follow, off in different yeah, directions. Yeah, true. Know, turn the other cheek, which is the Christian philosophy, allegedly. Um, you don't get a lot of turn the other cheek in Islam. Yeah, but if you but, were to follow the Bible or the Torah absolutely word for word, it would result in the same things that... Mm. I mean, it has resulted in the same things that. I just reading Islam the has. reading the piece. I say a quite a sympathetic piece in the Sunday Times uh, about the parents. It's of, so uh, sad. Of Honestly, it makes it's, me it, cry. It's very very sad. Uh, I just feel from reading a bit of this, the father might have just been too much of a of an old hippie. It says Jack's father picked up his guitar and played me a song that had struck him as relevant to the case. It was the Universal Soldier by the folk song Donovan. Now I know the song, the Universal Soldier by the folks uh, by uh, Donovan and Donovan I always thought was a very underpowered Bob Dylan um, he you know, was described for a while as the British Bob Dylan and it's a fairly wet you know all is wrong that's a fairly wet wet song to be singing it's a song about someone who thinks they're fighting in the name of peace not realising as Donovan put it this is not the way we put an end to war Get it? I mean I might have got the father completely but how, wrong but, but also I just the think... how do you how, how do you be a good parent in that situation like no one knows You had something uh, which I found quite interesting. You were telling me the other day about Monopoly. Yeah, they've um, launched. They're launching launching at the moment a digital edition, um, introducing kids to a cashless society. So it's going to ha- it has like a bit in the middle where you can do voice banking, and there would need to be no banker. It would just record all of it in the centre of the thing. And personally, so, I wouldn't want anyone recording games of Monopoly. I have in my house. It gets vicious. <laughs> <laughs> so so de- denounced people from the family when we were playing it. But, yeah, so it would have this thing in the middle. And there so there's no £500 notes no anymore? Notes, no notes, no notes at all. And no no banker. So there would be no one, you know, being like, oh, you are £220 here, have seven change or whatever. There'd be none of that. It would just all be completely awesome. cashless. Oh, that's taking all the fun away. I, I, mean, we, I mean, he was sad when we were talking about the Jack Lett story, but you should have seen Dad's face drop. <laughs> cashless monopoly, I don't like it at all. Because it's talking about this, like, cashless society and whether that's whether it's, like, monopoly being, like, this is a reflection of the society we actually live in, like, but bringing it no, to the century. you don't have a card or, or anything. It's all done by voices. At no, 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 no. You'd have cards for the properties, yes, I'm pretty sure. Yes, but what I mean is, do you have a bank card that you would take? I don't know whether you even have a bank card. Yeah. That's, that, um, that's a shame. Because a bank card that you could tap, it would make sort of sense. Do you have a bank card that you can tap? Because there was, there is a version of Monopoly where you have a card, but this is completely... This is totally digital. Do you have dice? Uh, yeah, you have dice, you have little houses, you, have, you have little... have a little iron uh, and a little there's a, dog. There's a little iron... I think there's a dinosaur, you know? I'm looking at pictures of it. I'm pretty sure there's a dinosaur. You know what, though? The problem is, I was on the... Um... The problem is, the game of Monopoly isn't much fun. The most fun in Monopoly is getting the notes and um, changing them. The game, no, the game of Monopoly is great fun. Let's not... No, it's not. It it's is. How many times do we it's ever... It's so good. How many times do we ever finish a game of Monopoly? It's not about the destination, Dad. It's about the journey. <laughs> ah, right. No, but anyway, so it, but it leads me on to saying about cashless society. Mm. Basically, we use cash for three in t- out of ten transactions um, compared with six 
10 years ago. And then in 15 years' time, this is predicted to fall to only one in 10 transactions being with cash. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I never I'm, carry I'm cash. At, no. You asked for cash I, this morning. I was, we were getting on the bus, and I never, ever carry cash. And if I need cash, I'll be like, that's mm. See, copper. it's changed but my... Do I have do you have anything? Yeah. Well, you know, I walk, I walk around London a lot. When I'm in London at the weekend, yeah. I sort of walk most places. And I had a tramp pocket, which was my money for tramps. That, Dad, you uh, shouldn't say tramp. What do we say? Oh, just homeless people. Oh, not hobos. No, not hobos or tramps. <laughs> anyway, so I had this pocket for money where, I, I, where the urge took me to give to somebody who was sitting uh, on the sidewalk, possibly a homeless person, possibly just a beggar. But... A homeless person, or what's the other word? If you wit- if you have a home, no. But if if you have a home, but you're still in a position where you need to beg, I'm not sure what that word is. But um, confidence trickster. No, that's not. Oh, I hate that. There's a bit in a film called WTF. It's Whiskey mm. Tango Fox Rides. That yeah. film with Tina Fey, which is, I would actually say, massively underrated. And they're walking through this marketplace, um, and it's got not Simon Pegg, the guy who looks like Simon Pegg. Oh, for goodness sake, Ruth. Oh, no, what's his name? This is the way old people speak, you know, with the guy, that guy was in that thing years ago on the TV. Anyway. You don't expect a, you know, vibrant oh, no, teenager. No, I always forget his name. He looks like exactly like, can I Google him? Because it Google annoys him. me. Martin Freeman. Oh, if you've just said the guy from The Office, I'd have known it. From The Hobbit. Well, it's a guy from The Hobbit, the guy from The Office. Sherlock Holmes. The guy from Love Actually. Love Actually, yeah. yeah. A very famous scene near, right near the start of Love Actually. Uh, right. Anyway, so they're in this, they're in this market, marketplace and Martin Freeman gives some money to this boy hmm. and Tina Fey's character is like, oh, you know, it's a big scam. He says, well, he's still begging in the street. And I, I think that's such a good... It's always in the back of my head. Is it? There I, mean, was... well, I think that's such a good lie, like, because it's so true. Hmm. Well, the uh, American comedian Kathleen Madigan said, uh, I was walking with my friend and uh, I saw somebody begging and uh, I gave them a dollar or two dollars and the friend says, you know, he'll only spend it on booze and drugs. And she says, yeah, like I wasn't. <laughs> so well, That's good, that. It is good. Um, yeah, so, but is the board game jumping the gun a bit do you think we're moving to this cashless society and also is that really a good thing because the, there was a well to finish my point about the tramp pocket oh gosh i forgot sorry i yes. forgot that that was what we were on mm. to finish my point about the tramp pocket i used to carry uh, cash in one pocket and then for some unknown reason i had no cash and when i came across a particularly work especially if you're sometimes if you're sitting outside in a cafe mm. in london you do you do get approached a lot in london and i was having to explain to people that i've got no cash and there was this guy i was sitting it was near russell square anyway in london and i was sitting there outside uh, pret-a-manger uh, with me filter coffee and the guy came and he wouldn't accept that i had no cash and i was just trying to but what I've found now is that buskers have now got a little thing attached to their guitar. Dad, where, we're on the same wavelength. Where I'm getting you can onto tap that. it to, to contribute £2, tap your card. But I'm a little bit reluctant to just be tapping the card because you can't, the guy's in the middle of, you know, let me take you by the hand and lead you through the streets of London or whatever he's singing an Ed Sheeran song. And what was that? That's, that was the song buskers always used to sing. They used to let me take you by Literally the hand. Literally never heard it. 
I would sing it for you, but you don't like me singing. No, I hate it. But they're in the middle of whatever Ed Sheeran's song they're actually singing at the time. And you tap the thing and you ask them, can I have a receipt, please? It's not going to work, is it? No. Right. So this is what I was getting on to. So this sort of thing. So some big issue. This is what the article says. So some big issue sellers take cards, while a new app called Giving Streets Mm -hmm. will soon allow you to donate to homeless people using your mobile phone. Buskers in London and street performers performers in Edinburgh use contactless yeah, payments yeah. points payment points for tips galleries and museums do the same for donations and so do churches so just basically we're almost there yeah you can't you can't in London you can't even pay for a bus ticket with with cash no, like for ages um, at the moment we've just brought in contactless payments but eventually I'm sure you know the mm. north is always a bit behind London but I'm sure we'll get there but then it's it's convenient for a lot of people, but they say that someone will be excluded. So there was a study in sometime. It was called the Access to Cash Review, and it highlighted that 17% of the population would struggle to cope with a cashless society. And the poorer you are, the more likely you are to use cash. Some people don't have bank accounts or the documentation that would mm. allow them to open one, and many don't have reliable and regular digital access. So it's just opening this thing of like, is it really that great idea to go cashless? And it also, as soon as, not to bring in the Handmaid's Tale, but... Don't <laughs> <laughs> worry, I'll bring the Beatles in later on. I talk about the Handmaid's Tale more than you talk about the Beatles. It's embarrassing. Um, I need to read more books. <laughs> so in the Handmaid's Tale, one of the first things and the best ways to was to oppress the women and stuff was that they'd already gone cashless everyone was paying for stuff on cards and they just blocked all cards that had an f instead of an m a female yeah. yeah so you know if they wanted to do it that for, for, if they wanted to stop all muslim people from buying plane tickets or train tickets that would be a massively easy way to do that because yeah. you, they yeah. know what religion you are like it's i think it's really scary and then it also goes on to talk about as we go cashless it's scary you know facebook are going to try and move into the financial services and stuff Mm. and that's scary because then that's also they have all your data do you know i mean if you're saying what all your likes and your dislikes are who all your family are who all of your friends are all of that stuff and then also they have all your bank details you don't want anyone to have well, that much information about you. Because we've just moved at Talk Radio, we've moved into the building with the Sunday Times and the Sun and uh, the Times Literary Supplement, all those mm. people. So we're in this big, the news building it's called, which sounds to me like the Ministry of Truth, really. Yeah. Just, uh, anyway, we're in the news building now, and there was there's a canteen in there. And so I went in the canteen. And I just took like a fiver out of my pocket to pay for the sa- no, no cash, no cash allowed at all. So I said, well, how, how do I pay? So I took my card to pay, con- no cards. You have to get a News UK card, which is your actual, it's your pass to go in the building. Yeah. So I've got one of those. And then somebody had to show me how to load up money. They can't do it at the thing. You have to go to a special machine and it loads up money onto your card. So I've got £25 on my News UK <laughs> pass. Uh, which means that, you know, in theory, uh, Rupert Murdoch, who's the, the head of News UK, will know everything I'm eating. So because it's on your card, what you eat. But yeah. it's part of the same thing, isn't it? It's part of the same thing of just having 
the more and more everyone knows everything about everything, you all of yeah. the time and like those things about the you know the dna stuff and mm. um, you and me or ancestry those things 24 oh, and me or yeah. something like that where you give them your dna i think it's google now owns one of those google owned part of facebook probably i don't know but they all own each other yeah, google own youtube google and youtube so now google will know my age my date of birth what yeah, you know yeah, my yeah. sex Everything I've ever watched, you know, what I watch, what adverts you've responded what to, adverts, what I've clicked on, what yeah. what products I've bought, if I've bought them through links on YouTube, and then they would also have my DNA. That is terrifying. Like, how can that not be massively, massively scary? And then um, if they, we go completely cashless, there's no way to escape it. Like, to live in our society, yeah. you have to be open with having no privacy, really. Uh, should we do the rest of the uh, emails? Yes. Okay. Uh, David Ailes uh, is a big fan. He says, love the podcast. And he sent us a picture. He says, attached is a photo of me visiting one of the holiest Muslim sites at Karbala in Iraq, just sharing. He said, I was the only white face, or Kawaja, as they call us there, uh, entry strictly Muslim only, which I'm not. He says, however, I was made most welcome. So, uh, How is that? Is Iraq one of those places where you're only allowed um, guided visits? You know where someone no, picks like, you up from the airport because yeah, they are. Might, might be. Where, what is the place? North that's Korea. Like that? North Korea. North really. Korea is famously, yeah. but there's also places in the Middle East that is are like that, that as well. Might be Iraq. I don't know. No, I, no, I feel like it's a stan. It's an Uzbekistan. I wonder. Is it? Yeah. Right. I would have thought it was more likely to be Iran, where they're much more militant. This is Simon Cooper, who says that he was listening to the podcast. And he was remembering being a young boy in Leeds who was forced to do his homework from seven till nine every night. And he was delighted when a new station came on air. And what he's talking about is uh, Radio Air, which started in 1981. Ah. And uh, he used to listen to me on Radio Air. That's nice. Yes. And uh, in those days, he thought I was funny. Yeah, well, so you, you can lose these things. How the times you? have changed. How times have changed. He says, that hoping the podcasts uh, continue when uh, university calls. Well, I'm sure we'll, uh, you know, on some basis we'll do some uh, podcasts. I'm positive of it. We'll take a short break and then we'll play some music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So let's start with yours this week. What have we got? Oh, with me? Yes. Um, mine is a song called Feel Something by B. Miller. Real so So tell me about. Uh, I enjoyed that. Tell me about. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. I like. I the, think that's uh, another one of those ones where you need to listen to the whole song. Yeah. Because if you listen to just that bit, it sounds very like wow. This just sounds like every other pop song, but it's quite. It's yeah. a lot nicer the when you. The bit we listened to was was the hook, but yeah, it's it is it is a nice song. There's, there's a lot of cool like little little bits in it, you know, where you can hear the coin like mm-hmm. flicking and stuff. It's just yeah. cool. No, it's good. So tell me about B. Miller. Yeah, so she is an American songwriter. She's this will make you feel old. She was born in 1999. Wow, were people still being born in 1999? Yeah, so she she's 20 Amazing. now, but only yeah. just 20. She was born in February, so that's I mean that's not much older than me, but. When she when yes, she was thirteen, get, get I know I've not got any hit singles yet. Outrageous, God! When she was thirteen years old, she came ninth place on season two of the US version of X Factor, um, but I'd never really heard of her much. And then this is her. This is why I thought, oh, I'll play some B Miller. This is her new song, and um, that feels something. One it came out on June the twenty first. But but I thought, oh, I'll play this feel something song because it was on Love Island. Oh, was it? Which will have got her a lot of traction, obviously. Well, I'm going to play something from the 1960s, unusually, and uh, we usually pick a little bit out of the middle of a song, but th- I love the start of this song so much, I'll play um, 20 seconds right from the start. boring wasn't it well no not as far as i'm concerned it's the second best british band uh begin with a k and it's not the kooks when no, i always the, say a band begins with the a k the kooks are what's the other band that begins with a k the kinks the kinks it was see um, i thought i liked the kinks but i must you, not you do like the kinks that's a song that you don't um you don't hear a lot it was 1968 that one so the most kink songs you hear are from 1964 to 67. They, they, but what happened in the 60s? Long career. <laughs> well, what, that's true. What happened in the 60s? Bands burned bright for a very short time and then disappeared. If you see, if you see or hear interviews with the Beatles that they gave round about 1963, they never talk about lasting all the way through till 1970. Yeah, I was going to say there must be songs I know by the Kinks, and then they do. You really got me, though, <laughs> that one. You really got me, the kinks. They do all day and all of the night. Mm. Uh, but the one that you hear most are probably Waterloo Sunset. No, you hear You Really Got Me more than Waterloo Sunset. Mm. Well, I think You, you Really it, Got Me has been played 99 million times right. on Spotify. And Waterloo Sunset has only been played 32 million. Really? It's actually the f- first, second, third, fourth, fifth 
Oh, really? No, six, least played song. Yeah. I think it, 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 alter, it alters with time. Yeah, uh, true. S- sometimes, you know, the radio likes Waterloo Sunset and it's playing that all the time. And then it like, But that one doesn't get played very much and I thought it was a good track. Um, I wasn't sure. I'm not convinced. Maybe I need to listen to the whole thing. No. Well, the Kinks... But if you do want to listen to the whole songs, like me... I, I was about to tell you a bit more yeah, about Yeah, but that was a really good... <laughs> that was a really good... Like, yeah. Mm. Well, do it again. No, no, it's edit. fine. No, I can edit it. <laughs> I mean, no, just you no, say your so thing. You say your thing. It's not good that. anymore. You say your thing. Well, no, but I can edit it to make it good. It's fine. Tell me more about the Kinks, please. They're an English rock band uh, <laughs> formed in Muswell Hill in uh, North London. And you know Muswell Hill? You've stayed in Muswell Hill, I believe. Have I? Yeah, it's uh, North London. It's where our uh, relative Karen lives. Oh, so right. I've not stayed there, but I have no, been there. We've been there. Uh, 964 by uh, brothers Ray and Dave Davis. They were both brothers. They fought a lot. They were a bit like the Gallaghers in that uh, they, except more physical than the Gallaghers, they actually had stand-up fist fights. Um, so rock and roll. Yeah. Whereas the Gallaghers are more sarcasm and uh, <laughs> insult. Uh, they it's, It is sad about the Gallaghers, though. Mm. Well, I don't know, it's part of the appeal, isn't it, of Oasis? Yeah, but it would be nice if they would get that together. Anyway, they're regarded as one of the most influential rock bands in the 1960s. The band emerged during the height of British rhythm and blues and Merseybeat. But Sir Raymond Douglas Davis, Ray Davis, born 1944, is often referred to as the godfather of Britpop. People say without the kinks there'd be no blur. But it does sound just like Oasis. There'd be no blur, no pulp, none of those Britpop bands. Uh, And then people say that without the Beatles there would be no kinks and therefore no Britpop. And the reason I'm saying that is this film yesterday the the guy wakes up and the Beatles have never existed. Nobody's ever heard of the Beatles. Have you actually seen seen this film yet? No, I've seen the trailer about 18 times. Yeah, because you talk about it if you've seen it. Well, I talk about it because it's an interesting concept. It's like a high concept movie. It's one of those things that they could write it down in one sentence on the back of a postcard. Back of a napkin. Uh, Yeah, and Mm. you'd still think, wow. I'll make that. That's a good idea. There's been numerous articles in the newspapers speculating what in fact the world would be like if the Beatles had never existed and what they say was if the Beatles hadn't existed uh, A&R men around the country with different record companies wouldn't have gone up and down saying well let's find a band from Manchester and find the Hollies and all that let's find more bands from Liverpool let's find a band from London and therefore you get the Kinks and because of the influence of the Kinks and Ray Davis who was such a great songwriter you get Blur and Pulp and uh, all those Yeah any like the streets any of those Any of those yeah in fact, the streets is a very good example of because they're like yeah, the from, kinks, yeah yeah. And if you do want to listen to the whole of the songs, um, you can go over to the Spotify and type in either Ruthie, me, and my dad, or just Martin and Ruth, and you can listen to those songs in full and then all the others. I want to talk uh, a little bit about woke capitalism. No, I don't. <laughs> don't you want to talk about work? You talk, do you want to talk about, or I want to talk about, and I'm like, eh, no, all right, thanks. Well, <laughs> no, I know. You, I do. You, you want to go home and go to the shops with your friends, but uh, if we're no. talking... If, hey, I'm a professional, and <laughs> I'm, I'm always on top game when I'm here. Good. The particular brand of woke capitalism I want to talk about is in the uh, is in the states. There's a company called Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. I, I know what Chick Fil A is. Oh, you've heard of Chick Fil A. Yeah. Just just from people speaking about it on hmm. Instagrams and stuff. Well, you? I actually went to Chick Fil A when I was in. Is that how you say it? I yeah. never really knew. Yeah, Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. I was always no, I was calling it. It's Chick Fil A. Phil F I L 
dash A. When I was in uh, Georgia on a, on a press trip, the uh, PR person from the press trip, her husband worked in Chick-fil-A and she suggested I stop on the way back and have a cup of coffee on Chick-fil-A when I was driving back to, uh, to Atlanta. And I thought it was, you know, your standard fast food place that all these uh, American places are. But I didn't realise they were the work of the devil, according oh. to... Did I didn't know they were the work of the devil. Well, apparently they are the work of the Just devil. Just took a real turn, your story. In, according to uh, woke capitalists, what's happened is... Can you have the, a woke capitalist? A woke capitalist. Is that mm. not an oxymoron? No, I don't think it is, because... Uh, good use of oxymoron, but I don't think, think it, it is, because if you try and sort of mediate your capitalism a bit and be a bit more woke about it... Right. Like, I suppose it'd be like a green capitalism or that sort of thing. So if you a company and then you make sure that all your drivers have electric cars that will be an example right, okay. of woke capitalism but chick-fil-a it has a history of donating money to charities that oppose same-sex marriage its billionaire owner is a, a very devout christian and supports quotes the biblical definition of the family unit so he's against anything um, that starts with the biblical definition yeah, precisely so he's against lgbtq and he's against uh, well or just people living together and not being married all that sort of thing yeah absolutely uh, however in the space of two weeks and this is a big popular brand in the states but in the space of two weeks the fast food restaurant has been banned from opening branches at two airports uh, hungry travelers heading through buffalo niagara airport in upstate new york or san antonio international airport in texas uh, will not be able to buy chick-fil-a not that they'll be short of fast food outlets and other places to get uh, low quality chicken. But they won't be able to get Chick-fil-A because, as an example of woke capitalism here, or as some people in America call it, a liberal witch hunt in culturally riven America. Because America, we talk about us being a divided society, but the abortion debate and all those things... Oh yeah, God, we're, we're massively liberal compared to yeah, the Americans. And also massively not split. America is yeah. basically... You know, at least two nations. And also because, like, some people be like, oh, I'm not sure I really agree with abortion in the UK, but not to the extent of I want a law against it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, a lot of people, I think the best thing to be is just like, oh, I don't really agree with abortion, but I'm not going to demonstrate about it. I don't really care if other people do it. Mm, That's the great thing about us Brits. We're very, no, we we don't don't care. care. We just don't care enough. Last month, San Antonio City Council voted to prevent Chick-fil-A, America's third biggest fast food chain, from uh, opening at its airport uh, over the company's, quote, legacy of anti-LGBT behaviour. The way I see this is that it's gesture politics it's a bit of it's it's restricting Mm. their freedom to open and people's freedom to eat chick-fil-a yeah but for good reason well i don't see i don't see it as a good reason that you're entitled to know that that the guy is 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 a christian and uh, believes in the biblical family you're allowed to know that and therefore you can choose to get your low grade low quality chicken from uh, and probably not very ethically sourced well that i think that would be my problem would be that if we're gonna what's the word hijack what's it's one of the boycott boycott that's it if we're gonna boycott i think the problem is if we're gonna boycott chick-fil-a for being anti-liberal for being against lgbtq yeah yeah, then mcdonald's as much as they say their beef is not farmed in other places they graze cows on they destroy the rainforest to graze cows like if we're gonna 
boycott that, I think it's hypocritical yeah. to not say. And also, just meat in general is terrible for the environment. Let's not pretend that those it's, things... It's murder, according to Morrissey. <laughs> just don't say, oh, I'm super liberal, I'm going to boycott Chick-fil-A like you're doing this great thing. Now, do you feel uh, privileged having, well, privileged in yeah. a number of ways, um, but privileged having... <laughs> yeah, in many, many ways. ...having studied history for uh, GCSE, according to... Not particularly, I didn't really enjoy it very much. Uh, we studied the American West. Yeah, well... Boring. According to James Holland, who is uh, a top historian guy, he says it's an absolute disgrace that history is not a compulsory subject at GCSE. Uh, He's a war historian. Uh, He's launching a project to give every secondary school a new book providing a sweeping history of Britain from 1603 to 2016. A 35 35 chapter book to be presented to every secondary school in the country. He says, I think it's an absolute disgrace that so many people give give it up as a choice between history and geography and other subjects. That's absurd. We all need to understand the past. Uh, Mr Holland said that Kostaska Catastrophes such as the aftermath of the Iraq War would not have occurred if world leaders had studied history, uh, adding they just think it's all about the now, where he says it's all about the past. Well, yeah, it and is. And you've good. just finished doing history A level. Yeah. Really good subject, I think. You know, you just, I did just, two just, really. Like, I did about British history. I did 1906 to 1957, and I did Russian history from 1855 to 1964. So two really. I mean, the British history was a bit boring, but two pretty interesting subjects. Very interesting. Do you think that? And history... we were talking, uh, talking about how it repeats itself and stuff. But the thing that he's saying about you know if everyone studied history, it wouldn't repeat itself. But everyone knows about the Holocaust, whether you've studied history or not. We know it's a terrible, terrible thing. But there's these Sudanese people who are being killed. There's Muslims in internment well, yes. camps, and we let that go on anyway. So does it really make a difference when if you say we study we let history? That, go on, that, that, that sort of stuff is, is probably being perpetrated by people who don't know about the Holocaust. That, you know, that's Western European history. It's not the sort of history yeah. you would learn in or, or like, I think it would be brilliant if we learned from the past. I'm not sure we're capable of it. I'm just not sure, I'm not sure we're smart enough to do it. But it's, a, it's an interesting and important yeah. subject, I think. I think it's it is. An important subject. And I, I think... I, no, I agree with him. And I would love to live in a world where everyone learned about history and then we wouldn't make the same mistakes that we do in the past. But also the people who are leaders, the people, even if we do make them, it would be great to know about it. But people would, who are the leaders of countries and even let's think, you know, much smaller than stuff like the Holocaust. You look at just British politics of like Irish home rule and Sinn Féin and Lloyd George opening up the Irish Civil War and all that kind of stuff. If you look at what we're doing now with the backstop stuff, if that's not opening up violence in Ireland, then then you've clearly not ever read a history book. I think I'm becoming more and more pessimistic that we don't learn from the past ever. No, you might be right. Who are you supporting in the election to... I mean, I know you're not a member oh, of the Conservative the, Party, so you don't So I don't get anyone, yeah. You don't get a vote. Um, who do you least want to be stuck with? <laughs> who do I least... I least want to be stuck with Boris. Mm. That From the stuff I've read, it sounds like he's a bit of a liability. Well, you could... <laughs> 
that's one way of putting it. it could be right. But um, not a massive fan of Jeremy Hunt either. What are you? What are you thinking? Well, I, again, I don't, don't get a vote. But... I don't get a vote, but I have actually backed uh, Jeremy Hunt uh, with. If with, you hadn't, with money. if I hadn't backed Jeremy Hunt, I would still be. I would still be opting for Jeremy Hunt because I think Boris is utterly unrealistic about uh, Brexit. He's not come up with what a... Does, yeah, what does he even want? I've still not heard him say what he wants. Well, he's going to go, go in there with basically what is Theresa May's deal, but because he's Boris... Everyone has a go at Theresa May. Yeah, he, that's the problem with Boris Johnson, is he thinks that he's got the Matilda syndrome thing, you know, Matilda from the Roald Dahl books. Yes. He thinks that he's special like Matilda, that he's got these superpowers that's going to make him be able to go in there. Do you have a meme of the week? I do, of course. I'll start this how I always do, say meme like, I think this is funny, I'm not sure you will. No, well, you never know, do you? No, it's ha- it's impossible to know, really. There's a funnier one, but it requires, like, a little bit of singing, and I don't want to do that. Anyway. Um, oh, sing, you for you... No, 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 not singing, but it's just, like, it was funnier if you can see voice. it. It's funnier if you can, like, see it, but it doesn't matter. Oh. Um, just ate a slice of toast in bed and regret it so much already. Going to be rolling around in the crumbs like a chicken goujon for the night. <laughs> That's Not funny, bad. isn't it? Yeah, yeah chicken goujon. Well, chicken is a funny word because it's got a K in it. Did Which... you just have a like a mini stroke or something? No, a chicken is... Uh... I think if we're talking about how funny words are, goujon is much funnier yes, than goujon. chicken. No, no, chicken is a funny word to start with and then goujon adds... Uh, that's a good comedy thing that because that piles on the extra uh, humour but if you ask anybody chicken why do you think there's all those jokes why did the chicken cross the road you don't say why did the dog cross the road and why did the cat cross the road you, you say, think why chicken the... is a funny word oh it's not what I think it's <laughs> it's been... not what I think it's fact <laughs> it's been proven it is fact uh, by who Comedy writers, comedy writers that say, "Ah, oh, it's got a K in it, chicken." That's funny. Yeah, ask any comedy writers. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's got a K. Yeah. If and you, uh, I think on that note, on that note, if you want to send us an email to comment on it, to comment on whether K is funny and uh, whether uh, the co-op is a good. K shot. is only funny if you're saying it in a funny sense. That you don't, you don't say, "Oh, I went." Um, oh, I'm in yeah, the my my um, my boyfriend's a bricklayer, and everyone goes, "Ha ha!" <laughs> well, you say that. Um, anyway, if you do want to get in touch with us uh, to comment on that or any of the other controversies, parenting or what else uh, that we've talked about, or the kinks, see, two Ks. If you want to comment on any of that, you can uh, email us. It's Martin and Ruth Podcast, or one word, obviously, Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find the Spotify on just Spotify and type in Martin Ruth or Ruthie Me and My Dad, and either of those will get you to the playlist. And all the tunes are there, all the ones that you've put in. Which is most of them, isn't it? I think it's all of them. Mm. Yes, so thank you very much indeed for listening. (laughs) See you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.